Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One colon the famous football podcast brought to you by faketeam.com. Oh my goodness, it's 2019 officially, and we are back in your wonderful ear holes. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by only one of the guys, Mr. Independent Drinker, Clark Barnes. It's a new year. We got new intros. We'll build them up over time. Uh, no Jordan, no Nick. Nick is somewhere in the bowels of New Orleans, uh, it sounds like. And Jordan, the working girl, is busily working man that that new job of his is, is really putting him through the ringer but clark how was your holiday fantastic pete i had my southern good luck inoculation with my uh, black eyed peas ham cornbread and greens so i am uh, ready for a prosperous new year how about yourself it was good it was good did the we did half of it in minnesota with becca's family then we did the second half uh up in new hampshire with my family both were were lovely uh exhausting you know i love family i love both sides of the family but it's a lot to be around family for for you know a whole week um and so it's always nice to just kind of come home and be like oh look at that it's just the two of us now and and we can just do our own thing. So that's always good. Did you get some good uh, holiday presents? I did. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76. Big fan of the Fallout universe. And I got a handmade Nuka-Cola sign. Oh. Uh, handcrafted right here at Barnes Manor. So Ooh, very nice. How about yourself? Uh, I got, uh, I got, well, I got these, like I talked about the untucked shirts last on, on way back when. Oh my! Uh, for, yeah. for a big hit. Uh, but then, but then we had. I got these boots that Becca had ordered for me, which are awesome. But they there was a whole process in them coming, which uh, aggravated her to no end because we had to. Long story short, basically the boots she originally bought me, the boots she wanted to get were out of stock and then the boots she did get me were too small so we went to return them however because all of their stores so we flew with them to minnesota because it's a minnesota company uh we went into one of their stores but i guess all their stone stores are privately owned and so you can't return things that you bought online to the store because they they didn't do the transaction they don't interact with corporate uh which was you know a little bit annoying but uh shout out then to the very nice gentleman when we went to the ups store next door in order to ship them back uh he had some packing tape that he was like oh i don't need any more of this you guys are more than welcome to use it and it saved us five dollars instead of buying our own roll so you know christmas miracle took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) Exactly, exactly um well, good, good. We're back at it uh, after after a slight hiatus, and we're now, as you can tell, and we posted this on the Twitter sphere, but we're now going to be once a week. We're coming out now Wednesdays, Wednesday days, middle of that week, hopefully capturing the news on the front end and on the back end. Um, we have a lot of NFL news to talk about today, uh, which we will get to, um, 
but uh, but yeah, since the fantasy season's over, congrats to everyone who did well. I did not. Congrats to Clark, winner of the RB1 Fantasy League. I think we already talked about this, didn't we? We might have. I don't know. Uh, I got fourth in every league that I played in for money. Uh, so, <laughs> but but you are now the sole owner of a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's from the RB1 right. league. That's a big deal. It's a big win right there. Yep. I get my special parking spot at uh, show sponsor Amazon. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. That's really nice. It's mm-hmm. a nice little perk you got. Um, yeah. So we got a lot of NFL news to cover. We're going to today, we're going to talk about uh, Black Monday when all the coaches get fired. We'll go through those and kind of talk uh, about Pete. We just call it Monday now. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> talk about Monday. Yeah. I was thinking we should, what What would be a good rebranding for that Monday, for, for the Monday after the NFL season when all the coaches get fired? Because you don't necessarily want it to have a negative connotation because, yes, coaches get fired. And, you know, so it's like, oh, your team sucks. You got to fire your coach. But it's also like, well, you know, that person is losing their job. We want to be we want to be respectful of someone whose career has, you know, their their job. They got lost their job. They're now on the streets looking for a new uh, a new career path. Uh, I think we should sell it. We should we should get a sponsor. Oh, yeah. And sell it like Cialis Mondays. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. That's I just like one it. idea. No, that's a great idea. I like that. I like that. So uh, Cialis Monday just happened. Uh, that was that was Monday of this week. And so a whole bunch, we actually had eight coaches fired. Well, eight total this season. Six were fired on Cialis Monday. Two were fired earlier in the year that we already knew of. And then we're also going to talk about, we'll preview the wild card. Uh, wild card playoff week, which is coming up. And we'll do some beer bets because it's been a while since we've done beer bets. But Moving to Cialis Monday, the coaches after got fired and now have open vac- vacancies. Uh, we have Marvin Lewis, who finally got fired from Cincinnati. The article I I read said he stepped down. He so stepped down. That's still true. technically <laughs> hasn't been fired. Marvin Lewis is still technically cannot be cannot be beaten. He is yeah. he is a, a unfireable coach. Uh, institution. Yeah, he is. Oh, man, well done. Hat tip to him. He'll probably also come back at some. I mean, there's already talks of him looking for a, a higher up position or, or, you know, going into the GM or, or the upper upper offices uh, um, foundation. We also uh, the Jets fire Todd Bowles. Adam Gaze of the Dolphins has been released. Steve Wilkes. Cardinals, uh, Vance Joseph of the Broncos was released, Dirk Cotter, the Buccaneers, and then we all knew Hugh Jackson and Mike McCarthy were fired. Where uh, where do you want to start, Clark? Uh, we're obviously going to talk about best landing spots, but is there a coach or some team that you want to start talking about? I, I feel like the worst job is going to be the Cardinals' job. Uh, they have the number one overall pick. They've already committed to their quarterback. They have a... Good running back, no offensive line, and a bunch of aging veterans that I think don't want to be on the team. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be an incredibly tough gig. Uh, who do you think the Cardinals are going to look for? I mean, obviously, they're going to pick the new hotshot offensive maven that everybody's yeah. looking for, but that they really earned the number one overall pick. That's going to be a tough gig. Yeah, they're definitely they're going to have to go offense. So I do want to say, I actually would challenge your notion that the Buccaneers uh, – that the Cardinals are the worst, the worst spot because I don't think the Buccaneers might be even yeah. worse. They're a very close second. They're very I close. Won't really argue. Yeah, um, but the Cardinals is a good place to start. I, I, I feel bad for Steve Wilkes a little bit just because 
it was one and done for him. And I don't really feel like it was entirely his fault. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of these things where it's like a itchy trigger finger. You want to get someone in, you want to see immediate results, but it's also like that roster was so poor that, you know, how much of, how much of their lack of success was because of Steve Wilkes and how, how much of it was just because of how that roster was constructed. But I will say it does take, you know, effort to post one of the worst offensive performances in NFL history, according to DVOA. So, you know, there's, there is reason for why he was fired. And so I ultimately do think that the Cardinals are going to have to follow the recent trend uh, and go with an offensive minded guy, an offensive coordinator, someone who's going to be able to come (laughs) in and revitalize that offense, because you do have talent there. I mean, you have David Johnson, you have Josh um, Rosen, who who looked good at times. You got to rebuild that offensive line. Christian Kirk looked really solid. I really liked Christian Kirk. Um, you can maybe milk one more year out of Larry Fitz, but but you got the number one pick. So uh, I, I I don't hate that landing. I don't hate the the Cardinals as a team that you know. If I were going to them, I could I could you know maybe talk myself into into loving that location. I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who would like make a ton of sense. But I'm sure there. Are, I'm sure. I think I would be surprised if they go defense. I think they'll go offense as a in terms of a, a head coaching someone who has that background in that. Yeah, that makes sense. And to pick up on the Buccaneers job, so you have a coach that's going to come in and probably not going to get to decide whether or not to keep Jameis Winston. Is he worth giving the franchise tag to? Or is your organization going to show that it has a little bit of integrity for the first time? And I don't know, since they drafted Bo Jackson after they told him not to draft me after they ruined his college eligibility? I don't know. So the Buccaneers also have a lot of talent. Uh, but they have a huge headache quarterback who, you know, there were there were a lot of questions for the past couple of years of, you know, Mariota or Winston, who's having a better career. And it turns out they're both having really crummy careers and Mariota is just keeping his hands to himself. So uh, they've got the number five overall pick. I don't think they're as bad as they looked at times this year. It was fun to see Fitzmagic come in for five or six games. Hopefully we'll get to see that again next year, too. But you're really going to be up against it in Tampa Bay. Just the minute you walk in the door, either being told you're keeping Jameis Winston and you got to go to press conferences saying like, we know he's made some mistakes multiple times over and over and over and then lied about doing it repeatedly. But he's our, he's the, he's the leader in the locker room or you get to let Jameis Winston go. And from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like it's a great QB draft. So down to number five, you might be really, you might be hoping for Eli. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, it will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Bucks do. Cause if I were, if I were coming in and I was taking control of that team and I was given full, full reins of, of personnel decision, I would move on from Jameis. I would try to see what you can get for him. If you can get anything in terms of trade value at the very least straight up release him. And maybe, like, I, I know at five, this doesn't seem to be, like, the most quarterback heavy. But, you know, you can always find and slash fall in love with some sort of quarterback. But I think there are going to be some veterans on the market this year, most notably Joe Flacco. And mm-hmm. is Joe Flacco a better choice? I don't know. But I watching that offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was just like, let's do this. Let's just gun it and just chuck it all over the place. And let's have some, you know, some a little more accuracy and a little better decision making than Jameis Winston. 
I think that's Joe Flacco is a step above Ryan Fitzpatrick in terms of being able to, you know, throw the ball uh, and make decisions. I don't think he's like drastically much better, but maybe it buys you another year in order to hopefully be able to get a quarterback in a later year. I don't know. I think Flacco, and and like you said, there's a lot of interesting names that are likely going to be available this year. Uh, I mean, no, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, Joe Flacco. So, could do enough to get a coach a second year and avoid the Steve Wilkes uh, mm-hmm. kind of syndrome. But yeah, the, oof, the Bucks are tough. The Bucks are tough. The Bucks are tough. Moving up on that list, I would say to me the uh, I would say the Dolphins, Broncos, and Bengals kind of are all at the same level in terms of in terms of like how much they excite me. The Bengals, you've got to figure out what you're doing with Andy Dalton at the quarterback position and kind of just what is that team identity, but at least you have offensive talent. At least you've got a couple defensive guys there who can make plays on in Miami. You're moving on from Ryan Tannehill. So you're now looking for a quarterback. So you got to restart there. Yeah, I don't really know who else you've got. Minka Fitzpatrick played nice, but like, what else are you doing on that team? And then the Broncos again, quarterback dilemma, but that team is also relying on a bunch of aging stars, most notably uh, Von Miller and Chris Harris, where it's like, uh, there's a window there. And if you're not going to capitalize it on right now, it very quickly could close. Yeah. I think the Bengals are the best team with the outstanding. What do we do with Andy Dalton question? And that's been the same story for uh, how long has Andy Dalton been in the league? Uh, I love that. I love that Christopher Wessling and the around the NFL guys have the Dalton scale of Andy Dalton is just the middle of the road for quarterbacks. And that's, I mean, there's only 32 of these jobs. If you're in the middle, like that's not insulting, right? But it's just, <laughs> he's not bad enough to get away from. And he's not good enough to really put the team on his back and carry you to a championship. I think out of those three teams, uh, I'll take the Bengals. You know, let's let's spend that first round pick on a quarterback and let's see how he looks behind Andy Dalton and then let him start six games and, you know, see if... I don't know. See if maybe the Buccaneers are interested in a little. Andy yeah. Dalton. No, I mean, cause, cause it does, they are set up nicely that if they get, you know, a quarterback who's maybe a little bit more exciting than old Andy Dalton, yeah. got nice offensive weapons around him. I mean, Tyler Boyd came on this year. Joe Mixon showed everything this year. If you got a healthy AJ green coming back, uh, who is their tight end? Uh, I don't know. They're stake bit at tight end. All their tight ends yeah. are great for two games. And then they, they get hurt. They've got, Zoma, I think, was like the worst one, right? Right. But they have several good tight ends that just don't seem to be able to stay healthy. Their offensive line played better this year. Um, so yeah, I think that might be the best situation in terms of and even that, even still, if you're running back with Andy Dalton, maybe you can introduce new <clears throat> ideas, new schemes, new something. Because mm-hmm. there was a time when they were very they their offense was potent. It was a while ago. I think that was 2013. So it's still, you know, it's been like five years, but hey. The man who was there at the time was Hugh Jackson, and Hugh Jackson might now be taking over as the head coach there. So we might be seeing the Bengals of old just just cropping up and becoming an offensive juggernaut in 2019. Who says no? Yeah, <laughs> don't don't do that to Cincy fans. That's just that's, that's it's cruel. I mean, as I think through this, I I really feel like Adam Gase may be getting the shortest stick here because I can't think of anybody who's who's really impressing me on the dolphins and they're picking the latest out of right. this group. 
No, the team, they, they were, there's all kinds of crazy stats about them this year where basically they, like the amount of points that they allowed and the yardage they allowed and the and the, the close games that they were in. And yet somehow, I mean, they, they were a team that should have won like four games this year. And yet they won whatever it was, like seven. So that's, you know, that takes, there's a reason why you, some teams do that and some teams don't. And that's it often comes down to coaching. And I think Adam Gase kind of got a bad rap. We got he got saddled with the tweener quarterback right. of like, uh, like Tannehill. So not- I think I think he's going to be someone who you're going to see land a head coaching job. I have no doubts that he's going to get offers and he'll find yes. one. And I think you're going to kind of realize that oh shit, Adam Gase is actually a pretty good head coach, and when you've actually got ta- talent around him, he could actually do something with it. Particularly. And we'll go into the top tier of my book. Uh, particularly, I would love to see Adam Gase in Cleveland as the head coach for the Browns because I think the Browns have a lot to work with. Obviously, we've talked about them. And they would be my most desirable uh, head coaching destination. I have the Browns, and then I would say Packers and Jets are about even, which I know is like mildly absurd to say when you're <laughs> like talking of the two teams. But A, on the Jets, you've got quarterback locked down. You need to put a little more talent around that offense. But the defense, I think, has the pieces you have some young stars there that you can work with and and build around there's some things you also got to sort out green bay i am starting to get very worried about aaron Rodgers and him and his ego and just his whole mentality and i'm sure if jordan were on the podcast he would have uh have better insight than i do but i just something something warns me that maybe all of the issues in green bay were not exactly just mike mccarthy which i don't think anyone thinks like i think most smart people who've watched the football games recognize that aaron rodgers has also made a bad habit of of doing a couple things on the field and so the question is is like is he going to be receptive to a coach coming in and trying to beat those bad habits out of them. I don't know. But uh, Cleveland's my number one spot to be. I think that's that's by far and away the most desirable head coaching gig. Yeah, th- I'll take my chances with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the that's the best spot to go. Uh, you're hoping that Baker Mayfield and uh, the blonde from California that plays for the Jets. <laughs> Sam Darnold. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> you're hoping those two are going to turn out. Uh, Baker Mayfield just had an amazing year. And if it's Someone who's been in the league for four or five years, it's easy to go, well, maybe this was their high water mark. But as a rookie, Mayfield looked a ton better than I think you ever expect a rookie to look. So I think the Browns gig is going to be a great gig. They have a lot of good pieces. They have a decent offensive line, a really good you know, defensive line with Njoku at tight end. And then we have Landry and Nick Chubb, who I won't wax poetic for too long about nick chubb uh, i mean there we like to say there are a few things on this podcast that we get right but when we get them right we like to talk about them clark yeah. from the instance we started talking about nick chubb in our draft previews last year and all of it leading up to the draft and all of when he got drafted by the browns and we were talking all of that throughout the entire season you were fully aboard the nick chubb fan club um, and so you deserve major props for from from the instant he was being whispered about going into the NFL, into the NFL draft, being like, this guy is going to ball out. Uh, make sure that you have him on your fantasy team and just make sure that you're paying attention to him. So well done, sir. Yeah. So all of you that listened, drafted him and then dropped him like I did. And then he blew up <laughs> on other people's teams. That was fantastic. cheers. Well done. Uh, but, but all three of these jobs look great. And one comment I said before we started on the pod is the. 
the team picking the latest of all that we've talked about is the Browns at 17. It's crazy. Like, what a good season for them. And what just what, season. what an example of what coaching is in the sense that like Hugh Jack, I mean, everyone points to like Hugh Jackson when he was the head coach for the Browns, wherever they won two games or three games in two years. And then he gets fired and they go five and two for the rest of the season. And it's just like, some of that is just overblown, but there is a real point there where it's like getting a good coach in there who like has a grasp of a team and is like secure in their decisions actually works. It's amazing. It's amazing what that what happens when you have like a competent person running a team. Uh, it's always a thing when like you see teams like the like Washington or or the the Raiders to a certain extent, but like teams that kind of flounder about, particularly Washington. Washington's always the punchy bats because like Dan Snyder's kind of an idiot and no one really believes. Same with the Cowboys. Like Jerry Jones has got his fingers in too many crevices. It's like Jerry, you don't know football. Leave it to the leave it to the actual people who know know football to make the decisions. But anyways, uh, it's amazing what happens when someone who's competent and knows that what they're doing uh, is given a team that's loaded with talent. That actually looks good. Yeah, and the the last thing on that is you never know what's happening. And maybe Hugh Jackson is a genius and he's just been a coach for the Browns and the Bengals, which are two historically bad franchises. But it did not appear that Baker Mayfield liked Hugh Jackson very much. And you need the number one guy on your team to at least, you know, coolly get along (laughs) with with the coach. Um, So, I don't know. It's it's actually going to be exciting. I think in the... The offseason, a lot of people were talking about like, can the Browns make the playoffs? And like to be to be fair, they almost did, but you couldn't have hoped for a better year. No. Really, for the Browns. So you hope they get somebody exciting as a coach. And they're very they're a very close second to getting to be Aaron Rodgers' coach as the best gig available. Yeah. Uh before we go to the wild card preview, I do want to quickly bring this up because I thought it was actually a really interesting point that uh that are we one alum Jonathan Barnett made on our, on our Slack channel. We like to on this podcast and, and the media does too, but specifically this podcast, we, we very much enjoy uh, making fun of Mike McCarthy and, and just kind of uh, drumming up his inability to coach an effective offense in today's day and age that uh, the schemes he was running in green Bay were not very creative and they were very kind of one note. Uh, and if it wasn't working, it was not working at all. So it's been batted about that the Browns are very interested in bringing in Mike McCarthy as their head coach. And so, of course, I was joking about that on the Slack, and I was like, la, 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 la. What a hilarious move for the Browns to send them back into dismal turmoil. And then Jonathan, who is a Packers fan, let's let's throw that out there, but did have a good point where he was saying, like, well, Mike McCarthy is a good coach, and – you know, it just there was like a mutual parting between him and the Packers, much like Andy Reid and the Eagles had a mutual parting. They did their time and they just kind of went separate ways. And Kansas City certainly is not upset with uh, with landing Eddie Andy Reid as their head coach. Do you think that like and I was like, oh, that that, that that could be something. Do you if Mike McCarthy did sign with the Browns, what would be your confidence or or was the coach for the Browns? What would be your confidence level in the in the Browns being taking a step forward and and be this on the right path and being a good thing for for uh, Baker Mayfield and for that offense and just for the team in general? I mean, I hate to punt, but I have no idea. I don't know if I've enjoyed 
making fun of Mike McCarthy, uh, but people certainly like to jump to conclusions and try to get there first. And if they're wrong, that's okay. They're already on to the next story. Um, and I don't think we know if Mike McCarthy is a good coach or not. With Andy Reid, he did that with several different guys. So we could see, like, okay, sure, yeah, with Donovan McNabb and, you know, what, not Curtis Martin. I'm you know, with, with all these incredibly talented people in Philadelphia, yeah, you had success. Uh, but he did it with some not-so-talented people right. as well. Mike McCarthy and the Packers looked like, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. They looked terrible when Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the field, which a lot of teams look terrible when they're starting number one, you know, quarterback isn't on the field, but I don't have any idea with McCarthy. I mean, you could do a lot worse and the Browns have over and over and over again. I think the Browns are going to take a step forward unless they hire like they, they'd have to hire someone terrible because Dirt it looks Cotter, like, baby. Yeah. Like <laughs> it looks like Baker Mayfield's going to carry that team forward and i don't know he's done enough i think to decide that he's not going to listen to the coach uh if if they hire some jabroni so i don't know mike mccarthy's been doing it for a long time man just don't be like you know what hugh i'm sorry i'm gonna it's 12 30 the bar's closing i'm sorry Hugh. come Come back to us yeah could you pick up taco bell on the way Oh, that's the only thing. Browns, listen, Cleveland front office, as long as you don't bring back Hugh Jackson, it's a win in our book. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, like, I don't want to bury Mike McCarthy as a coach. I didn't know anything about him before he started coaching the Packers, and we'll see. I hope he does well. I don't I don't like to see people fail. I, there's, a, there's enough coaching positions available. We need good coaches. So it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, all right. right. So there's your, there's your Cialis Monday recap brought to you by Cialis. So, little little sponsorship there, branding. The Niners have the second pick. Yeah, yeah. 49ers are looking interesting. pretty. If they can hit that pick, if they can yeah. get like a solid pass rusher, which there are plenty of in this draft, Jimmy Garoppolo comes back fully healthy. George Kittle, who's – Everybody the- saw it, and everybody was right. George Kittle having a huge year. That the was best, nice. The best like, tight end in the NFL, I'll say it, Gronk. Apparently. Gronk, I'm sorry. Oh, you should retire, Gronk. I after, really it. after the Pats win their Super Bowl this year, which <sighs> I'm calling it. I'm sorry. It's so funny how how quickly the uh, the mass the the Patriots masses change. I mean, just like a couple weeks ago, they're like, "Oh my God, no, we're never going to win the Super Bowl." No, when when most of your fan base has only tasted success since they started cheering for the team, whether by picking them up after the first Super Bowl or being under twenty, what do you expect? Right, it's true. And then they beat the Jets, and everyone—I mean, I—I I mean, I like to play into it, but everyone was like, "Oh, what Super Bowl? Here we come! Who in the AFC is going to beat us?" Like, well, a lot of people hate to break it to you guys. Uh, it is a miracle <laughs> that the Patriots are not playing in the wild card weekend. Let's just put it there. Let's put it there. If they were playing this weekend, I was, I'm a hundred percent, I would have made it my beer bet that they were going to get knocked out. Nah, they're going to beat the Texans in the championship game. Oh, 
Ooh, well, I wonder who Clark thinks is going to win on Saturday. So let's do that. Let's just perfectly slide in a little transition. Uh, Wildcard Weekend Preview. And uh, it's been a while since we've done it. We, we did it at the very beginning of this season. We placed a whole bunch of beer bets. And maybe at some point in the offseason, we'll recap those. But for now, we are going to talk Wildcard Preview. We're going to talk about the four games on the docket. Uh, and we're going to uh, put down some beer bets for this weekend and see kind of what the results are. So we'll start with Saturday. Saturday's day game is the aforementioned Colts heading to the Texans uh, to take them on in an AFC South showdown. Um, and Clark, the thing that I'm most curious about in this game, it's not really a curious thing. The vibe that I'm I'm getting for this game is I think this game is going to be a shootout through the air. Uh, the Texans have the best rush defense per DVOA. Uh, the Colts' running game has come on as of late, but that's not what the Colts want to do. The Colts don't want to run the ball, and the Texans can't run the ball worth a damn. So I think this is going to be a Texans passing attack that's facing the 20th pass defense per DVOA and the Colts, and then the Colts passing attack facing the 18th pass defense. Uh, I think this is going to be a big game through the air for both Luck and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I it's the third meeting. It's always fun when this happens. Uh, the Steelers always seem to pl- play the Ravens three times a year. Uh, and, and both of these teams started looking a little better towards the end of the year. So I think you're right. I think they're going to air it out. And I think that there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game. Also, both of these quarterbacks have a bad habit of holding on to the ball. Deshaun Watson more so than Andrew Luck. But uh, I, I really think this is going to be a crackerjack of a game. Uh, I'm with you. Lots of passing in my beer bet is that uh, both DeAndre Hopkins and T.Y. Hilton go over 150 yards receiving. I like that. Uh, I I am going to I'm going to let that bet ride because I well 150. Is a lot. We need more committal language. Are you are you taking the bet? I will take you on that bet. I think it will be a pass happy game, uh, but I do think that 150 yards for both of them is quite a fair amount. However. That's not to say that they won't be scoring touchdowns because my beer bet this game is that Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson will combine for at least eight passing touchdowns. So there will be lots of scoring through the air, but maybe not so many yardage. I'll I'll take it. Perfect. I'll take it. Bold. It is bold. I had seven in my notes and just while I was saying it, I was like, you know what? Screw it. We're doing eight. They're each going to throw four. Let's go crazy. See, one of my... One of the things I was thinking this game, and I, it's one of those parallel worlds of like pulling back the onion curtain a little bit. Like you kind of just pick something you think and then make the argument for it, or at least that's right. how I do it. Oh yeah. I was like, man, the the over under on this game is like forty one and a half, and my big bold thing was going to be that the Texans win and only score twenty. It's like, well. I- I don't know. I could see that. Or I could see both of these teams putting up 35 because most of these defenses lose contain all the time. Right. So, or not lose contain, but they let people get behind them all the time. I think um, what's going to happen is, is, is if you had made that bet, it was going to look pretty into, into like about the third quarter. And then the floodgates were just going to open. Like maybe it would both been these like, quarterbacks just chucking it deep. Right. Like exactly. Like maybe, left and right. Right. Maybe it's like 17 to 10 heading into like the five minutes left in the third quarter. Then like, luck gets one bomb the ty then it just starts just everyone just starts gunning and suddenly the game is like 35 to 30 and you're like wait what just happened yeah go texans go texans go texans Texans will win just for the record just for the just throwing it out there yeah that's legit uh i will say i'm actually i'm actually quite excited this is a pretty good wild card weekend except for one game in particular which i hope will be just an utter uh beatdown but other than that 
I'm excited. I'm glad that the Colts got in, uh, and I'm and I'm definitely glad. And we'll talk about them later. But Lamar Jackson is a playoff quarterback. Just throwing it out there, you guys. For all you Josh Allen lovers, all you guys who thought Lamar should have been a wide receiver. Ow! That's got to hurt. Uh, let's move on to the other Saturday game, Saturday night game, which is the Seahawks at the Cowboys to take on the boys. Uh, Clark, I don't really know how to feel about this game because on the one hand, the Seahawks offense has been fantastic this year. Sixth in DVOA passing, seventh in rushing. And the Cowboys defense has been pretty solid. So I think there's going to be a good battle on that point. But on the flip side, the Cowboys offense is just like we've seen flashes from them, but they have not been good. And so I'm my question to you or just my worry is it's like if this game does become a shootout, if Russell Wilson catches fire, if they're able if Seahawks are able to move this ball down the field with ease, is there any way that the Cowboys are going to stay in this? I think they can because I think we've seen them do it. They seem to be moving the ball really well and stumbling at the goal line. So mm-hmm. that always means you're three or four plays away from, you know, scoring five touchdowns instead of, you know, three field goals and one touchdown. Uh I think I think this is the game of the weekend. I'm oh. I kind of disappointed that it's Saturday night. I kind of would like to save this one for the end, but both of these teams have looked fantastic and terrible, and I bet both of these teams look fantastic and terrible in this game, which I think is just going to, like, it's going to be so sad listening to Joe Buck and Troy call the game, but I can't <laughs> wait for this game. This is game of the weekend. Uh, my beer bet is Zeke goes over 175 yards. Yeah. I, I will not take that. I agree with you. I think. <laughs> Okay. If the Cowboys are going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Zeke. And I could, it's 175 is very bold. It's very bold. I put 200 and I was like, no, no. Oh, I would have taken no. you on 200. Even 175, I think I'm going to regret, but I'm just, I, I'll, I'll buy into your narrative. I, I can't uh, wait to watch the game. Like, I know that's not biting commentary for the podcast, but man, I can't, this can be a good one. And I hate the Cowboys just for the record. So. Yeah, but it's still going to be a good game. Uh, uh, in, in a stunner. The Cowboys win a game they should in the playoffs. Wow. Wow. See, I'm on the reverse end. The Cowboys lose a game they should. uh, And my beer bet is that Jerry Jones fires Jason Garrett's ass right after the game. That, in fact, they cut to the booth as the the clock winds down. And you see Jerry Jones looking at Jason Garrett on the sideline in New Mouths. You're gone. Yeah. So this relationship has been an odd one. And I haven't been... (laughs) in a lot of relationships in my adult life, but uh, my last one was not really great. And I stayed in it for a really long time because I kept thinking like, it's not that bad, you know, like things are getting better. And then some, you know, very not cool things would happen. And then I'd be like, but that's okay. Like we spent so much time together. It's going to get better. Uh, And then things didn't work out and I've moved on. And it's been a long, long time since I've been in my next relationship. And it's so great. And that's just my plea to Jerry Jones of like, I know you spent a lot of time with them and I know you've had some good times and I know it hasn't always been bad, but like, just move on. Like the, your Garrett. team's pretty good. Like fire Jason. Just move on. Yeah. Just, just move on. Just move on. It's time to do it, Jerry. You know, you want to, it's been, like, it's, it's been super bowl or bust for him. Like even if they right. beat the Seahawks, you just can't. <sighs> it's not happening, Jerry. It's not happening. Fire Jason Garrett, move on. Uh, and let's try to rebuild this team. Let's or just don't even need to rebuild. Just put in someone who knows what they're doing. Ah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Sunday's game. Sunday's got 
one ex- very good game and one game that I hope is just going to be a complete right. beatdown. Uh, um, I'll Chargers- be crafting during one of these games, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Charges at the Ravens. This game is so upsetting to me uh, because I, I, I have so many mixed feelings towards the Ravens because as a Patriots fan and the fact that they have ended many of our playoff seasons, I hate them. I despise them. I, I can't look at John Harbaugh in the eyes when he's on the sideline. I'm just like, God, you are just, I, I dislike you. However, I do love Lamar Jackson and I do love the fact that they have turned the reins over to him. And now suddenly they go on this hot streak to get into the playoffs. Uh, and they're, and they're one of the most explosive rushing attacks in the NFL because of what Lamar does and because he's so unique and he's making the plays at just the right time. However, I know that I know it's going it's going to be a tough test for, for the chargers to go into Baltimore and win a game. But this Chargers team is by far the most balanced Chargers team that we've seen from them in a long time. Uh, their offense is great. Their defense is great. I think they have the pieces to go into Baltimore to beat the Ravens uh, and to come away with the win. So it pains me to say it, but I think I, I don't see Baltimore sneaking past the Chargers here. Uh, and my beer bet is that both Phil Rivers and Lamar throw a interception this game. Uh, I'll I'll take you on that combination. Don't ever like that. But OK, I'll take you on that. Uh I am. It sounds like you're taking the Chargers. I am going to take now. the Chargers to win. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm picking the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson has looked, I think, a lot better than a lot of people thought. I don't want to speak for everyone on the podcast. He hasn't looked as good throwing the ball as I thought he could. Uh, I, I would, I've really been disappointed with his with his accuracy, and I thought last week we saw a team challenged Lamar Jackson to beat them with his arm and he still beat them with his legs, <laughs> which like, man, he has looked worse throwing and better running than I thought. And that's, it's working out. Uh, and something that the guys calling the game kept saying over and over and over is uh, the Browns know like, yeah, there's all this fancy stuff going on with the read option and all of this stuff, but they're just, they're just running down the middle. Like they just, right. they, they run, the a gap to the left or the right of the center like 30 times a game that's mostly what they do uh and it's crazy quickly it's crazy that the, that that's an effective method with a quarterback yeah. that like you, that's what you do with your running back with your big bruising running back but there i mean lamar jackson had like a 30 yard touchdown where it was a fake fake you know toss or whatever to an outside run a gap just wide open just sprints out beats everyone to the to the goal line and so like it's impressive what they're doing yeah the the ravens defense has been you know hearkening back to the ravens defense of old they're just they're shutting down teams they barely lost to kansas city you know and the chargers are kind of stumbling down the finish line and it's the ravens are getting hot and the chargers are starting to cool off and so i think the ravens are just too much. Um, and my my beer bet is that Melvin Gordon is held to fewer than 50 total yards. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, and another I I was reading CBS's coaching carousel like catch up thing because I didn't see one on fake teams, of course, which I That's knew would have been better. But I saw a note that said like Jim Harbaugh not getting fired. I thought, no shit. Right. Like, that's the kind of stupid things that you read on other websites. That's why I was looking for the fake teams one. It's like, yeah, guys. Jim Harbaugh, who like always gets this mediocre team to the playoffs and won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, by the way, not getting fired. Yeah, I know. He's not. I know. Well, John, 
whatever. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about how he was his butt was getting a little toasty with Joe Flacco. And then they put in Lamar Jackson and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, guess what? He's a really good quarterback or a very good NFL player. Yeah. Uh, and uh maybe maybe some teams should not have should have but taken. Just, but just that he adjusted, right? Like you have Joe Clark. Flacco, he's terrible, but at least they set up the offense to do what Joe Flacco does well. And then Joe Flacco gets hurt, they completely change the offense. And then they focus on the personnel. Like that's the kind of thing that bad coaches don't do. That's the kind of like that's why Hugh Jackson only made it half the season. He's like, no, Tyrod Taylor's really good. We're gonna do that instead of let Baker Mayfield throw the ball to all these weapons that we got on defense. Like good coaches adjust to the people they have. And can we can we can we take a moment to just remember the fact that Baker Mayfield didn't start week one and that it yeah. took whatever three weeks for them to realize that he was the right quarterback to play. Good God. What an incompetent mess the Browns were under Hugh Jackson. What a mess. Mm. Uh, The final game of the wildcard weekend is the game that I have maybe or maybe not alluded to as hopefully being a blowout. I I don't know. I tend to hide my biases really well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it's the Bears, uh, the Eagles going to the Bears to play. And I... uh, I had said when we did our bold playoff predictions, not even bold, when we made our playoff predictions a while, a while back, I said the Eagles weren't going to make the playoffs, and I was looking pretty pretty uh, until Alex Smith snapped his leg in half, and the Eagles, and suddenly Nick Foles comes back and looks like a freaking god again. Jesus. But <clears throat> I, uh, I have the utmost faith in the Bears' defense, especially at home. I think Soldier Field is going to be bumping uh, because they are going to be so excited that they have playoff football back in their stadium and that this defense is just going to be eating people. And I, I think this Nick full Cinderella experience turns back into a pumpkin. And I, I just, I do not see the Eagles coming out of this game with a win. If the Eagles do win this game, I will be very upset <laughs> to say the least. Bold take. Bold take. Bold I'm take. being very bold. right. <laughs> bold take. I will not be pleased. So I, I vacillated with this one because the Bears defense has looked so good. And at the same time, their offense has looked wholly inept in certain games. And, and there was a game where Mr. Bisky threw for what, like 19 touchdowns in one game? And everybody's yeah. like, oh, he's finally turned the corner. No, he hasn't. He's not good, said one person on this podcast <laughs> who's been proven to be right. Uh, so I, I went back and forth, you know, like Bears defense is good enough. Eagles, you know, Cinderella story to even get here. Just happy to be here. They're going to go. But I'm my beer bet is that the Eagles win. Oh, God damn it, Clark. The I master bests the student. And the Eagles win an ugly one. Nick Foles is carted off the field on Angel's wings. <laughs> and then football just ends. And the <laughs> Eagles just win football good i'm going to take this beer bet not just because i think the eagles will lose but i also think that the football will not end that's not part of the beer bet no no just the eagles winning is oh no no the the beer bet is that football will end when the eagles beat the bears in chicago oh i hope Uh, i'm wrong i would i would be ah god damn it there are so many things in this world that annoy me but the fact that the eagles are somehow better with nick Foles might be top the list. It's not actually. There are a lot of other things that are wrong in the world that annoy me, but it's pretty high up there that that this team just for whatever reason like dra- limps their way into like mild playoff contention. Then Carson Wentz goes down and suddenly they're like this 
freaking powerhouse with Nick Foles under center. It looks like a goddamn all-star. God, yeah, I lost for words. I'm so furious with the sheer idea that Nick Foles is a uh, is a good quarterback. It's painful. It's painful. I, I, I feel like I'm probably not even going to watch this game. It's no! Like, why would good. you? Of course, and of course <sighs> the Eagles are going to win somehow, miraculously. And I'm just going to, it's, it's just going to be pitiful. Uh, my I'm, beer just gonna a, I'm just going to get a notification. I hate you, Barnes. I'm going to be like, oh, Eagles won. Okay. Oh, the, uh, the Eagles won. Uh, my, my beer bet is that the Eagles don't score more than six points in this game. That the Bears defense takes them to task. Nick Foles throws like three billion interceptions, half of which are returned for touchdowns. And the uh and the Bears win 1.5 billion to six. I'll take that bet. <laughs> cool, cool. I'll just I'll just take the over six points bet. Okay. All right. You're not gonna take the 1.5 billion points at the no, Bears. No, no, I'll let you slide on that part. <laughs> Sounds good. Um cool. Well, there you go. There's your wild card preview. And we talked about some uh talked about Cialis Monday. And the most um, arousing quarterback positions, not quarterback positions, coaching positions, nailed it. Tied it all together. That's what we give you, Cialis, when you sponsor the podcast. I wonder if we just, like, say these things, how much of a boost it actually gives us. If we just are like, we're sponsored by Cialis. See what happens. I mean, do we have enough clout in the in the internet for Cialis to be like, well, actually, you're not. Here's a cease and desist. Uh, I've I've done this uh, no fewer than four times this year, and so far we haven't gotten any. So far we haven't. So but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. No, no. This is this is the old, this is the best way for us to to land a sponsorship. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be this could be a good weekend a good weekend of football. And at the very least, I mean, what what would be your ideal uh, outcomes for this weekend in terms of in terms of games that you want to see next weekend? And I, I can't do all I, – if I was really good, I'd have, like, all of the different scenarios on on tap uh, so that we could figure out, like, if so-and-so wins and they're playing these guys and these guys are playing these guys. Uh, but is, are there matchups that you're specifically looking forward to that could be possibilities come next weekend? Uh, not especially. The way I called it is the way that I think would be most interesting, mm. uh, even including the Eagles, you know, beating the Bears, the not a juggernaut bears um no i just i'd really hate for the texans to get to the afc championship and just get shellacked by mm. the patriots which i feel like is kind of a foregone conclusion um but that's really the only thing i want and that's selfish i would love to see lamar jackson win a super bowl even if it would that would be oh my the god ravens win the super bowl oh i have no idea how i'd feel if lamar jackson won a super bowl as a rookie on one hand, it'd be like, whoo, y'all stupid. On the other hand, it'd be like, oh, God, the Ravens won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the the Saints get to the Super Bowl. I'm really just kind of like, the, the playoffs are always good. Like, right. we, we usually have a couple of stinkers in the wild card, like the Bills last year. And we don't have anything like that this year. Uh, so I'm just, I'm excited for the, I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I'm excited. And I do like, there have been many things, I'm sure, thought pieces of being like, well, the NFL should uh, should employ a uh, a series setup, kind of like b- foot, baseball and uh, basketball. I'm all for the one game and done. But you put your best foot on the field, best team wins. Let's do this. I'm excited. Uh, so, like we said at the top of the show, we are now on our once-a-week podcast schedule because it's the fantasy offseason. 
We'll still be coming with you weekly. We're, we'll come out. Podcasts are going to come out Wednesday now. So make sure to subscribe, leave reviews, give us five stars, say all those nice things. Happy New Year's, everyone. We hope that you celebrated safely and well and that you're excited for 2019. Uh, use that excitement, channel it, become an avid member of the uh, RB1 Fantasy community. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And we will be back at you next week to talk, uh, recap the wild card and talk divisional round. And until then, peace.